Hi, this is filmmaker and author Michael Morin. Whenever I'm not riding my bike around the Davis campus, I'm listening to KDVS College Radio right here. FM. Cool. This is Radio Parallax, a slightly different perspective from a slightly different view, with topics that include matters in science, technology, history, politics, current events, and whatever we damn well please. And now the host of Radio Parallax, Douglas Everett. Welcome to the program. The first uh, order of business today is to apologize a bit for the fact that our planned Mad Cow program has had to be postponed a second time. The reason being that I've been quite ill during uh, the, the the interim of the last week, and uh, it what needed to be done just didn't get done. However, I think it's going to make for an even better show next Thursday, and we're going to bring this one to you by hook or by crook. It's interesting being uh, being ill. I'm going to reflect on that. I think before the hour is over. So uh, let's let's do what we can to uh, proceed and uh, and have a rather relaxed program today. I think I'd like to start out with. Uh, with some new liquor warning labels sent to us by our good friend Gary Chu, who will be joining us shortly. Uh, notes that Canadian liquor manufacturers have accepted the Health Canada's suggestion that the following warning labels be placed immediately on all varieties of alcoholic containers. Let's do about a half dozen. Warning, the consumption of alcohol may cause pregnancy. Warning, The consumption of alcohol may lead you to think people are laughing with you. Warning. The consumption of alcohol may create the illusion that you are tougher, smarter, faster, and better looking than most people. Warning. The consumption of alcohol may cause you to think you can sing. (laughs) Warning. The consumption of alcohol may make you think you are whispering when you are not. And my personal favorite, warning, the consumption of alcohol may lead you to believe that ex-lovers are dying for you to telephone them at four in the morning. There's a tear in my beard, cause I'm crying for you, dear. You are on my lonely mind. I must confess, though, there is an occasional country song that really does it. Now, I'm not, not sure that uh, my producer and engineer, Mr. Edward McMillan, uh, you know, uh, will, will come around to agreeing with that. And I'm, I'm certain he will not agree with my, my great love of show tunes. Um, I did get a chance to see Oklahoma in San Francisco, which I'm sure has now come and gone and only was there for two weeks. Oklahoma is a Rodgers and Hammerstein classic. I was glad I finally got a chance to see it. Um, actually, I ran into our... Um, our uh, general manager here, Stephen Valentino, saw the same show, so I think we should talk about it in the future. Not today, but Rogers and Hammerstein are just part of American culture, and I think, uh, uh, you know, we they cover a lot of music here on KDVS. You'll hear some great, uh, great genres um, starting right when this show ends, when Todd Urich brings you his uh, hometown atrocities. But uh, you know, I think that, like, Rogers and Hammerstein are just embedded in the culture and certainly a valid, a valid topic for a public affairs program. We'll, uh, we'll get to that, though, um, at some other time. Uh, this is a good moment to perhaps uh, interject my good friend Brenda's comment about me 
that uh, I know a suspiciously large number of show tunes for a supposedly straight guy. And I know for a fact that a genre that uh, Mr. McMillan is even less fond of is the uh, sort of general topic of 1980s music. I observed looking at the scene section of the Sacramento Bee from a couple days back that uh, Duran Duran apparently uh, came to town. And, uh, well, of course, I was too sick to have attended that. I have to admit, I've got a soft spot in my heart for Duran Duran. And now, Mr. McMillan, if you would be so good as to cue up a little bit of Duran Duran for our audience, and I remind you of the fact that there are those color glossies I have of you that are in the safety deposit box. My personal favorite, of course, is Girls on Film. How can you not like that song? <laughs> All right, and from, uh, from Mr. McMillan's mom, Nancy, we have this article from the New York Times forwarded to our desk here at Radio Parallax from Mr. Ted Kaplow writing about this Central Park ecology exhibit by Christo, the famed landscape artist. Apparently, they've got this thing called The Gates, constructed with... Uh, vinyl tubing and steel and and plastic up in all the trees of Central Park. I I, I don't know the details on this, but uh, Mr. Kaplow was a first-hand observer of this and took a rather dim view of all of this alteration of the ecology, noting that while out walking uh, with, uh, with his beagle that uh, the squirrels seemed to have taken a powder. And he's being somewhat critical of the ecology of this entire enterprise, noting that, um, that the gates by Christo has apparently required 10.5 million pounds of steel, 60 miles of vinyl tubing, and 1 million square feet of nylon fabric, plus thousands upon thousands of steel plates, bolts, and nuts to hold the whole thing together. It's claimed that it's, uh, that it's recyclable, and, and the steel surely is, but you know the PVC, uh, typically according to the stats in this article, usually only about 1% of that gets recycled. Um, the steel manufacturer alone for this uh, enterprise apparently uh, would have churned out, would have been expected to have churned out 7,000 tons of carbon dioxide, equivalent to the combined output of about 1,600 average American cars for a year. Said Mr. Kaplow, this is an unenlightened view of ecology. Why could the artist not have chosen a 100% post-consumer material, or better yet, a biologically derived material to begin with? Such a choice would have reduced toxic emissions from the material itself, although we'd still be left with the diesel trucks and propane forklifts scuttling to and fro in the park to carry its enormous mass in and out. Let us go now to the man that gave us that bit of comedy with which we began, uh, our media correspondent, Mr. Gary Chu. Well, Doug, I'm sorry. I can't say that I wrote that, but I thought it was pretty funny. Well, we thank you for sending it. it I thought it was pretty funny, and hopefully our listeners did as well. Um, I know that uh, you like to write uh, bits on, on the Oscars, and of course that was the big event of the last weekend. Yeah, it certainly was. It's uh, kind of like uh, Super Bowl Junior now. It's, uh, actually, the Super Bowl is a lot more popular than the Oscars and gets bigger ratings. This makes sense, but I didn't realize it's the number two most watched event in America during the year, Super Bowl being one, Oscars two. Yeah, but the Oscars is losing its uh, punch, uh, and I think you could see them trying to... Uh, redo the show this past Sunday yeah. evening 
uh, in order to bring the ratings up a little bit. I haven't watched it since, uh, since I think My Fair Lady was up for an award. You're kidding. To me, to me, Gary, if you're going to host the Oscars, I know Chris Rock was brought on board to try and, to try and give it a facelift, but you either got to have Bob Hope, Johnny Carson, or possibly Jerry Lewis. And if it's not one of those three guys hosting the Oscars, I say why watch. Well, I, I hate to tell you this, but a couple of those guys aren't with us anymore. Two In fact, th- they had a tribute to Carson the other night. They oh. took c- clips from the Oscars that when he was uh, uh, hosting, you know. They weren't NBC clips. I think the, they didn't get any NBC stuff. But uh, anyway, it was good to see Carson doing his Oscar bit, you know, in retrospect. Oh, he was he was a master. Uh, your, your summary of the whole event in terms of the winner's note, I guess, were you, were you partial to Million Dollar Baby? Uh, yes, I was. Uh, you know, I didn't think it was the greatest script in the world. I think Sideways had the best script. In fact, it did win uh, for script. Oh, yeah. uh, I think it was adapted script that it won for. Million Dollar Baby, the script was not fantastic, but the, the emotional punch of the film, no pun intended, was was really what it was. Uh, and the fact that the issue that it dealt with gave it the gravity that the film deserved. And I thought that uh, Hillary Swank was, you know, just magnificent in the role. And I, you know, I used to not be a Clint Eastwood fan, but man, I am now. That guy's been making some really fine movies of the last few years. But I thought Mystic River was a fine film, too, from last year. Didn't see it. It's, it's hard not to argue about what you like and don't like. I think the guy that plays the actor in Sideways, the rogue actor who behaves yeah. badly on the ramp up to his wedding, I think that yeah. guy was great. Yeah, you know, and I was almost kind of wanting him to win the Best Supporting Actor. Uh, of course, he didn't win, but the other guy who won, I also wanted to win, so I was sort of really divided on That was Morgan Freeman in Million Dollar Baby. Yeah. Uh, this Hayden guy, I can't ever remember all of his name. He's got three names, like so many actors today. Thomas Church Hayden? Yeah. Okay. I really thought he was just really good in the film. And <laughs> I, I, I do, too. everybody in that film was good, and it was one of the very best movies of the year that I saw. No doubt about it. I know we like talking about the Razzies. Last year, Halle Berry walks off with an Oscar. This year, uh, she wins the Razzie for her performance in Catwoman, which also took the prize for worst film of the year. Now, what... Uh, what interests me about this story is that she showed up for the award with an Oscar in one hand and then with a Razzie in the other. Halle Berry could show up anyway and she'd look good. <laughs> I mean, she's one of the most, as Oprah said the other night on the Oscars, Halle Berry is the most beautiful woman on earth. Well, I don't know about that, but she's pretty close to being the most beautiful woman on earth, and even though I don't go see her bad movies. Well, I don't know that I'm a fan or not, but I really admire her for showing up, winning the Razzie, and when they asked her why she came, she said, well, when I was a kid, my mother told me that if you could not be a good loser, then there was no way you could be a good winner. So she showed up, took the Razzie, and then added, That's cool. And I hope to God I never see these people again. I think that's cool. So do I. I I thought she was great in the, the one she won the Academy Award for, with Billy Bob. Your comment on two final items, Gary, uh... Uh, apparently the Oscar people decide to snub both Mel Gibson and Michael Moore. I did see a quote in the perspective section of Newsweek magazine a few weeks back about from Hutton Gibson, who's Mel's father, on his opinion that the Holocaust has been exaggerated. Quote from Mr. Gibson, It's all, well, maybe not all fiction, but most of it is. Oh, too bad for him. <laughs> <clears throat> I really don't want to get into the Holocaust, if you don't mind. That kind of leaves uh, me speechless, too. Let's let, let's let Mr. Gibson speak for himself, shall we? That, 
that's that's quite all right. And and lastly, Chris Rock apparently did not do well, and they don't expect him to be invited back as uh, as Oscar host. Is that your perception? I, I really didn't think he was very good. He he tried to kind of walk the line. He bashed Bush, and then he bashed Jude Law, and then Sean Penn bashed him because he bashed Jude Law. He just seemed to be like they had they racked him back, and he really was just was doing. That was this, and this is this. You know, he was just doing intros and outros, and not really doing anything. I think one of the best uh, persons to do an Oscar hosting today is Gary Shandling. The guy is a master. He's really good. I can see him being very good. Yeah, he is exceedingly cynical. He's very sharp. He's very quick. Yeah. And subtle, and but he's. I think he might be a little too hip for the mainstream TV I think audience. I think he's too too hip for that big audience they're trying to get, like for the halftime at the Super Bowl. Precisely, which is why Letterman, Letterman bombed as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the Chandling show on HBO that used to, used to be on HBO was one of the best uh, comedy shows I've ever seen on any kind of television. I'm I'm totally with you. I'm sorry that Chris Rock didn't didn't make the grade, wasn't right for the part, but I did note that uh, he has a hilarious video out titled How Not to Get Your Ass Kicked by the Police that apparently got some ink down in Tallahassee when six black legislators called for the removal of a juvenile justice because he showed the Chris Rock video to Florida NAACP leaders during a meeting last year causing one to say, I find this to be totally and absolutely racist. There's just no other way around it. Well, uh, you know, I guess you could call it racist, uh, but, you know, uh, black comedians, comics, stand-up routine people, you know, if you ever listen to uh, them in the comedy club, Which they I have. use all kinds of words about themselves all the time that are racist. Yeah. Uh, and they get away with it because they, you know, they, they're talking about themselves. So that, you know, uh, I think Chris Rock can get away with that. I couldn't, and I don't want to. Well, I don't, I don't think he's a racist. I think it's a very funny video. It's a little bit edgy, and I'm I think it's pretty funny, If you too. haven't seen it, check it out. One of the things about the Oscar I really did like uh, the other night, since you didn't see it, Doug, and I'll, I'll tell you about it, and that mm. was when Eastwood won with his film Million Dollar Baby, and he got up there and started, you know, the, doing his little speech, mm-hmm. and he introduced his mother his mother is 96 years old. Oh, yeah? And they took a cutaway shot of her as he was talking about her, and she was naturally applauding her son. And she looked like she had this on this pure, innocent look in her eye that was so disarming. <laughs> to see this 70-some-year-old guy introducing his 96-year-old mom to I love the TV it. audience, I really thought it was cool. That, that's pretty classy. And it reminds me that I better bring my mom back on the show. She hasn't been on in a while. Gary? Thanks for, thanks for talking to us. Okay, man. Good good to talk with you, too. Take care. Okay, come again. Bye. That was Gary Chu, Radio Parallax's special media correspondent. You know, I really uh, enjoy our little talks with Gary. I, 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 I'm not kidding when I say I haven't watched the Oscars except for just snippets here and there, uh, you know, in the past many years. I, I, I confess I was invited to my fellow host, Dr. Andy Jones's Oscar party last year, and I... I, I think the date I brought along is probably contributed to not getting invited back this year. <laughs> and I'm sure Dr. Andy's listening and perhaps nodding his head and perhaps not. But I will say that she was proof of that warning we got to start the show. Consumption of alcohol may lead you to think people are laughing with you. 
Anyway, I, I was laid up the last couple days, sort of lounging about the house, trying to gather energy up, trying to, to deal with some, some discomfort I was experiencing. And I sort of flipped on my new, uh, new cable. It's not, well, new fiber optic connection, which I've been uh, conjoined with as of last week. And I don't, I don't remember which one of these channels that plays old movies I turned on to. It might have been Turner. I, I don't remember. But um, I watched back-to-back as two amazing movies unfolded. I didn't, I didn't watch either of them in their entirety, but I sort of was reminded of why I don't, you know, watch the Oscars and go to movies so much. Movies used to be made for adults. I mean, they used to have adult themes, and, and, and movies nowadays are pretty much made for 13-year-olds. And uh, not being 13 anymore, I think that I'm just not so interested. Um, for the record, they showed on whatever channel this was a couple of Vincent Minnelli uh, efforts as director. I'm sure that was the, uh, the uniting theme of why they were placed back-to-back. One was called Bad and the Beautiful which I looked up in uh, Mick Martin's DVD and video guide. Uh, Mick's been on the show uh, a couple times. Great, great guy, great, great blues man. And also um, DVD and video uh, aficionado. Um, Mick noted that this was a dynamite story, The Bad and the Beautiful, of a Hollywood producer, Kirk Douglas, and his turbulent relationship with a studio actress, Lana Turner. And along the way, some fine performances by the rest of the cast, including uh, Dick Powell. Mick said it's old Hollywood gloss and very good indeed, giving it four and a half stars. I don't know that that uh, that type of movie is going to sell anymore, and I assume they don't. That's why they don't make them. But I'm grateful for the fact that, uh, you know, you can still see them on, um, on TV. The movie that followed was called The Bandwagon. It was given four stars by Mick in his uh, in his review. It um, featured Fred Astaire. Now, we all have projects that we've sort of been meaning to get to. Uh, one of one of mine, which has been simmering for I guess about a decade now, is to check out Fred Astaire. A uh, good friend of mine, Diane, she explained to me why he was such a virtuoso on his feet, and I've been meaning to. Uh, for some reason, I just don't don't see Fred Astaire movies, but I corrected this a couple days ago. Checked out a scene in the Bandwagon, and I was astounded. Fred Astaire was a genius. So watching Fred Astaire dance around was kind of like I would imagine what watching Picasso paint must have been like. So I was watching it. They belted out a rendition of That's Entertainment. Is in fact uh, This is, in fact, the movie which, uh, which brought That's Entertainment before the public. I don't have uh, too much more to say about either one of these movies, except that Vincent Minnelli, the father of Liza Minnelli, married at that time to Judy Garland, uh, was a hell of a director. I, I know he has a great reputation, and, and now I have some idea why. And for our younger listeners, if you want to take a look back at uh, some of the great MGM uh, studio productions, there's a couple of videos out called That's Entertainment, which were produced in the 1970s, which do some of the fabulous excerpts of uh, the glory days of, of Hollywood. And if, you, if you've never seen the, either of those, um, you, you may want to check it out. And uh, last item, Oscar Levant appears in that movie, The Bandwagon, and we've been trying for some time to get a member of the Oscar Levant Society to talk to us here on Radio Parallax. Oscar Levant, we mentioned, uh, was a regular on the old Jack Parr show, was quite a character in in Hollywood, and uh, we'd like to talk to somebody from the Oscar Levant Society, and by God, uh, we're going to keep working on it, and I think we're going to get one... We're going to get someone to talk to us in the next couple months. 
All right, we're out of time. Let's uh, let's take a break, and I will leave it up to my uh, my producer to decide whether we'll go out with Duran Duran, perhaps, or Hank Williams Sr. There's a tear in my beer Cause I'm crying for you, dear You are on my lonely mind You've been listening to Radio Parallax. And I'm your host, Douglas Everett. Stay tuned. This is KDVS 90.3 FM, Davis, Sacramento.